Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today is from Chicago and has had their business for over four generations and over 85 years, 87 years to be exact. They are an example of what it means to provide quality product, but also understanding that in order to evolve, you need to grow and include sandwiches. Please include, please welcome Jim Graziano from JP Graziano Grocery Company. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, brother. How are we doing today? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Doing blessed. I can't definitely can't complain, um, especially on a Monday. Um, before we start, my number one question I always start off with is, what's your go-to sandwich? Whew, out the gate. Yep. Um, well, you know, since I have everything kind of by me, um, the sandwich I make for myself most consistently, um, it's actually not on my menu, uh, but it's become kind of a, um, secret menu, uh, item. I do sharp imported provolone, turkey, hot super sata, um, our lettuce mixed with the vinegar and oregano, which is kind of a staple of ours. And then, um, I've been real partial to our hot muffaletta lately. Um, so that's it, man. Just kind of, you know, real straightforward. Um, you got the strong cheese super soft is absolutely my favorite deli meat in the world. Lighten it up with a little bit of Turkey. Um, to me, I, I like really loading up sandwiches with lettuce. Yeah. I really like that crunch, that fresh taste. Mm-hmm. And then the balance of the hot mufaletta in there. Um, you know, you're hitting a lot of flavor profiles. So that's absolutely, if I got one sandwich I'm ever, ever going to eat again, that's the one. I love it. I love it. That's that. And that's a good one. I'm actually salivating thinking about it. Yeah, it's uh, a real good one. It's definitely a good one. So I definitely want to I definitely need to bring up the topic of how we started before we start talking about you guys, because the how I met, how I found out about you guys was literally just one of those things where I was uh, I had an opportunity to go to Chicago for the day um, with a buddy of mine. And I said I wanted to do a sandwich tour of the city um, and I wanted to have different like people of, like to let me know. So I reached out to Jeff Morrow from Food Network. Right. Sent him, and he knew who I was because of my clothing brand. And like I said, I said, hey, I'm coming to your neck of the woods. Love to have a sandwich with you. But if I don't, I just need to know like your top five of where to go. And the number one place that he told me was to come see you. Um, and so I was like, I never heard of it, but I'm, I'm down to go. And I literally <laughs> I think I started tweeting to you and you started tweeting back. And yep. I remember getting off the plane. Um, and as soon as I got off the plane, I took the subway, we drove and we got, and we came to the neighborhood where you guys were at. And I literally was love. It was love at first bite. Basically, as soon as, uh, as soon as I took a bite of your Italian, um, I was like lo- literally losing it. And I think between that and having you and I <laughs> having a conversation about the sandwich, yeah. um, I basically have become, you know, a devout, uh, fan of yours where I basically tell anybody and everybody, if you're in Chicago, you got to eat a JP Graziano's. There's no excuse now, especially with your like the way you guys change some of your times. But it yep. is a must have um, sandwich. And, and we'll obviously talk a little bit about your sandwich approach. But I want you to kind of tell people a little bit about JP Graziano, like the grocery company, how it started as sure. you know, because it's obviously over 87 years. Um, so how tell, tell folks a little bit about how you guys started it. And then when you took it over and then kind of like, we'll, we'll kind of talk about evolving how you guys evolved into from where you are to like doing everything else that you're doing. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a really cool story, man. And I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have um, kind of just been born into it. Um, it's actually 84 years that we've been on Randolph street. Okay. Uh, but all total it's, 
it's well over 90 years that we've been in business. My, my great grandpa's absolute first spot was uh, 1376 West Grand Avenue, which next time you come to Chicago, you got to hit up a, a pretty new sandwich shop that's right next door to that. It's called Tempesta Meats. Or, um, um, and I, I get my porchetta from those guys. And they, they actually have a really great um, longstanding Italian Chicago food story. And uh, I should connect you with it, with Anthony. He's a really good guy. Awesome. Um, so great grandpa's first place on Grand Avenue. It was, um, it was a corner store. You know, it, it, he had pasta, he had olive oil, Italian goods, but it was bread, milk, eggs, cheese, you know, everything kind of just like a regular corner store. And, um, you know, he became really big in the neighborhood, helped a lot of people out. It was a place where like, you know, the wife could come and shop for the week along through the week, grab what she needed. And then um, when her husband got paid on a Friday or Saturday, he would come and he'd pay the tab to my great grandpa. He started out like that. Um, he closed down there during the depression in 29. And um, he had, they he had built himself up. He had just started with the um, ground, ground level space for his store. And then he eventually bought the three flat and they lived there as well. And to be able to hold on to the building, he actually closed the business down for a while. And at that point, he worked for his father-in-law um, and his company was called Chicago Macaroni Company. And he was an importer and wholesale food distributor. So he started to learn that business and he still had a lot of connects in Bagadilla, Sicily, where we're from, because his brother had stayed there. And um, he really kind of fell in love with that wholesale business of being able to like bring in the best of the best stuff, bring it over to American. I mean, you're talking very early thirties at this point. Um, so after a few years, he got back on his feet, reopened Grand Avenue. And, um, and then he also got word out on the street that he was looking for a bigger spot. He wanted to get into wholesale and distribution. And somebody had said, there's a guy on Randolph street. He's renting out half of his warehouse. Um, you go talk to him. So he did. They worked out a deal. And my great grandpa took up um, half the building at that point. Grand Avenue remained open. My grandpa and my great grandma ran Grand Avenue. My great grandpa and my uncle Paul, my grandpa's brother, the oldest son, ran Randolph Street um, together. And um, he really kind of blew up early with that because everything that he would, he would go to Italy, he would go to Sicily, he would handpick everything that he wanted to bring in. His brother that I mentioned, who was in Bagadilla, Sicily, he made boxes. And um, another kind of offshoot cool story is his great-grandson, my cousin, Giuseppe Graziano, is the fourth generation of that business. They're still going. Wow. And so he had a way to get things here early on that not a lot of people had those means. And everything that he brought in, he signed exclusives with um, from the guys in Italy and Sicily, the manufacturers of that stuff. So... You know, if you wanted a certain brand of pasta, a certain brand of Romano, a certain brand of olive oil, we were the absolute only guys that had it. Um, by about 1943, three or four years being at Randolph Street, um, the gentleman who owned the building passed away. My great grandpa took over the rest of the building. He bought it from his son. He closed down Grand Avenue, brought everybody there. And then we only ran out of Randolph Street and it's the exact same spot as where we're at today. Um, so that's like, you know, the very, very early origins of it. Got it. And then after that, you know, he just kept growing the business. It was him, his two sons, 
Um, and then eventually my father, who was the third generation and, um, his brother-in-law, my uncle Larry, they were the main third generation that ran it. And, um, they did wholesale the whole way through. And when I was like nine, 10 years old, kind of right of passage in our family to start coming to work with dad on a Saturday, day off of school, winter vacation, whatever, whenever you weren't in school, you were going to work. And, um, I mean, I was, I was kicking and screaming, you know, my buddies were going to play baseball or doing whatever. And I'm there, you know, unloading semis with uh, pallets of pasta and putting stock away and jumping on the truck with the delivery guy to go make deliveries and stuff like that. But it was, you know, it was something in my life now that I look back on, like I probably have the deepest appreciation for getting dragged down there at that age um, with how much our neighborhood has changed now. Yeah. I don't know. Last time you've been up, and even since then, I mean, it's it's hotels and world class restaurants and condos and apartment buildings and you know thirty six stories building going up everywhere, and it's um it's as far as away from what it was. And um, to me, it's you know having that real deal experience of such a long towing, like you know the real old neighborhood, is really kind of what set my mind and uh, has a lot to do with the approach that I bring to the business that I have today. Um, of kind of balancing that old school and new school, really understanding what that neighborhood was, how, how people ran their businesses, why people ran their businesses. And it really shaped, um, it really shaped my philosophy, you know, on kind of how I do things. So my dad never forced me into the business um, as, as as like a career. He forced me to come down on those days and stuff like that. But, you know, as I was getting older, he said, I'll pay for any school that you want to do. Go find what you love. You don't have to do this. And at that point, I was like, all right, I'll see you later, because I definitely don't want to be doing this my whole life. And uh, I went to DePaul in Chicago, yeah. studied poli sci. I was going to get into law school after that. And halfway through college, it's just, I, Anthony, I still don't even have the words. It was just like a magnetic force for me to be there, you know, and um my father was very, very happy. Um, that wasn't afforded to him as he was growing up. You know, he was told, listen, this is what you're going to do, like it or not. If you yeah. don't, you're not part of the family type of deal. So he was determined not to like have me walk down that same road. And then I was able to like come on my own, you know, on my own grounds yeah. um, meant a lot to both of us, you know, so still finished out school and stuff like that. I had to have a job at school. I'd go back and forth. It was a quick shot down Halstead up and down to get to Lincoln Park, back to the Randolph Street. And um, and then I graduated and I came into the business like full time. And it was the first time in my life I ever like kind of looked through the books of like what was going on. And I was like, OK, we're in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> this is, was that was this that is, in 07? Is that like around 07 then around oh, that time or I graduated college 05. Okay. So, yeah. Middle of 05 going into 06. And um you know, I, I was kind of blown away. Like, you know, we've, we're nothing extravagant, but you know, everything in our life is always, you know, taken care of. And we went to nice schools and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it's not like my dad was, you know, running complete red, but it was like, I just decided to do this as my career. It just wasn't in, in the shape that I thought it was, you know, and we had stayed, we stayed the small mom and pop distributor the whole way through where, you know, people who became competitors of ours, um, massive warehouses out in the suburbs, a fleet of trucks, a fleet of salesmen, 
And, you know, here we are, my, at that time, my uncle Paul was 80 something. And, and then me being a salesman for it in one truck that was, you know, kind of on its last leg all the time. Um, it just was, uh, it was a bit of a wake up call for me, but I didn't maybe a little mini freak out. But then after that, it was like, okay, this is why I'm here. Yeah. And, um, this is a chance for me to like, kind of put my mark on this legacy, but I knew deep down it wasn't going to be in wholesale. Like we had gotten yeah. so far passed up by everybody else, but that was fine because like, you know, all those exclusives that we had had run out and, you know, besides the Jardinera, which I'm sure we'll get into, we didn't have like proprietary product. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just felt like, man, we got this cool building, which, you know, now is like 130, 135 years old. Um, it's in this really cool neighborhood. We got to get people in the store because that's like our story. This is our history. This is what's unique to us. Yeah. You know, who cares about selling cases of pasta to uh, Butera? You know, it's like that to me, that's not a big deal. And, um, and I never thought for a moment that it would just only become a sandwich shop. I just thought, you know, like maybe if we could inject this kind of stream of revenue into it as well, we can kind of like, you know, get our feet underneath us a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so that's really how it started, man. It's, how is that you know, conversation? How is that conversation with your, with your dad and kind of saying, Hey dad, I want to go from, I want to incorporate because I want to have that visibility in the neighborhood. I want people to be able to come in, experience it. I want to do, I want to do sandwiches. Like, was it just a comment? Was it just like pretty obvious, like based on your space that what you had, that you thought like, Hey, I can definitely implement this based on my space. Um, and then also how, was that conversation, you know, how did your dad take it when you finally said, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking is going to be the next, um, the next thing that we're going to be doing, um, with the company. Yeah. Better than you would think. My dad, for as old school as he was, when it came to the business and like, you know, me kind of coming up with ideas or, you know, adding things, changing things, he was super receptive again, because he didn't get that treatment from his father, you know? Yeah. Um, and he was, I'll give my dad all the credit in the world. Like he, he wasn't going to let me fall into what he had, like no choice, no say, no yeah. ideas you know, he would say, go for it, but you're going to do it all on your own. Like you got to go out there and figure out like, how are we going to buy equipment? What license do we need? What do we need to change things at the store? What equipment and stuff like that. And, you know, to, with my, if you knew my father, you would know, it was just like a challenge. Like, are you going to talk about doing it? Or are you going to like really step up and do it? And I ran with it and I like gave my dad, I wish I would still save these things. I say it every time I, I gave my dad like a presentation, you know? And, um, so we started going with it. I didn't really realize what I was getting myself into, like, you know, to really start selling food to the public directly. Um, we had this like old school wooden floor, wooden, you know, warehouse and stuff. We had to get something as simple as that. Like you couldn't have a porous material for your floor. Right. So now we got to like change the whole entire floor to cover that up. Um, sanitation safety licenses, my mom and dad. And myself, we would work all day and then we would go to Wright College, which is like in between my store and my house for classes after work to get the proper licenses and stuff like that. You know, but they never like push back. Right. They would just get in the car and we would drive to the school and take the class and take our test. And, 
you know, like my mom and dad supported me through absolutely everything I've ever kind of approached in my life. And that's always given me like to not have much fear in like taking a shot. Right. Cause I knew whatever the worst case scenario was, they were going to have my back. Right. And I wasn't going to like, uh, be completely screwed. Yeah. I just knew, I always knew like I had the full support. Right. So it's like, that's kind of the origin of why I've never been afraid to like take a shot here and there. Um, so that was it. And it's, you know, again, man, I, we had no money to be like going buying slicers and refrigerated prep coolers and stuff. So I'd start talking to my customers, <clears throat> you know, a couple of guys not doing so well, going to close up and, uh, you know, had some outstanding bills with us. And I would say, don't worry about paying me. I'll start taking equipment from you, you know, and then like refurbish that ourselves and get it shaped up. And, you know, that's how we started. Um, and I had niched myself out like one little corner. As soon as you walk in the door, I, you know, there was, there's been a, a table there forever, had the slicer on there, prep cooler next to it. My dad and I built the table still that we use today that we like rolled the sandwiches on and a little bread holder underneath and um, started our sandwich shop, you know, six sandwiches written on a piece of butcher paper with a Sharpie marker taped yep. to the door. And again, you know, we're still doing wholesale at this point, right? So we're yep. loading the truck, we're sending out you know, food to customers and stuff. And then people would come in to buy either to resell or for their house or whatever. And they'd kind of walk past me and be like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I'm selling sandwiches, you know, (laughs) like, you know, let me make you one. And (laughs) you'd be like, all right, you know, and then go do a business with my dad and come back and grab a sandwich from me. And um, we started off like that, man. And we would do like, you know, 50 or 60 sandwiches in a week (laughs) and like, you know, 10, 12 sandwiches a day. And I was like, look at me, <laughs> you know, it's like, thought it was kind of a big deal. And then we got a really big break from uh, this guy named John Cagney, who's still a dear friend and customer of the store. He had a seat at the board of trade. He came in one, you know, around the holidays one time. And it's like, this was like, you know, five, six months into us doing the sandwiches. And um, he's like, do you deliver? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We'd never made a delivery in our life. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We deliver. And um, He's like, I'm going to order sandwiches tomorrow. I got, you know, 40, 50 guys I buy lunch for every single day, called up, gave me the order. He said, Jimmy, be here in an hour. And I like, you know, flew to Damato's, got more bread, slicing sandwiches. Things are going nuts. Throw it in my car. I had to find out where the board of trade was. I mean, this is, you know, 2005, 2006. Like there's no, you're not grabbing your phone and like, yeah. you know, pulling up directions. <laughs> Made it to the board of trade. And he handed me a stack of cash, you know, for like 50 sandwiches. And I was like, this is what I've been trying to do the whole time, man. You know, and it was just, and he called back the next day and they wanted lunch again. And the guys who worked next to them saw that what they were eating and it was like, oh, it's a new spot. These sandwiches are incredible. They ordered from me as well. And it was just word of mouth then. That's it, man. It's like just the best advertisement you can get and something that I still rely on to today. And that was like kind of the start of, you know, the sandwich shop starting to grow up a little bit. And then my dad passed very suddenly in 2008. He passed in his sleep of a heart attack, 63 years old. And, um, you know, that rocked my world for sure. Um, My mom had been working at the store for a number of years. And um, I really, you know, obviously she's going through plenty of dealing with the death of her husband 
And I mean, I had to go to work the day my dad passed, right? Because it was like yeah. we had to load the truck and get stuff out to customers and stuff like that. So a bit unconventional, but that's what it comes with when you have a family business, right? And, um, you know, so I went in for a couple hours and knocked out what I had to do. And I had to talk to a bunch of the neighbors because everybody like, you know, down there is absolute family that ran those yeah. businesses back then. And, um, you know, the week later, whenever we kind of started going again, I, I knew that. I was going to really have to make the sandwich shop work because I would, you know, I couldn't like just leave three days a week and go sell on the street like we used to. And I'm not going to leave my mom there alone. And, you know, that's when my oldest sister, Deanna, came in to like help out for a couple of weeks. And I know you met her when you were there. She yeah. absolutely runs the business with me now. She's, you know, 13 years later and, and, um, you know, she's, um, it, it's, it's, you know, like when people say, I wish I could like double myself. It's like, I kind of got that out of my sister and, um, you know, and, uh, eventually we kind of just kept pushing on those sandwiches. That neighborhood really kept growing. Another huge reason that we were able to grow as much as we did. People started living down there. Some restaurants started to pop up and, um, and now it's been about eight years where I phased out wholesale completely. Uh, I rented out the rest of the building. So we still own the whole building, but I rented out the part that I wasn't using anymore for inventory and, um, you know, full fight sandwich shop only for the last eight years. And it's, it's really going well. It's, and I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, and what I've loved is the fact that one of the things that I've enjoyed seeing is your, the evolution, because from when I, when I first when I came to visit you, it was definitely during a time like I still remember. I still remember the barrels. You guys had barrels yep. that were just full of like all the different seasonings and herbs like, yep. that you guys were having. Uh, I still remember like I like it's one of those things where I closed my eyes. I could still see the place. Um, and one of the things, you know, and then you and I had a conversation. And then this is kind of one of those where I was like, literally, like I was like, I, and I laugh because um, I've heard some people say this to me. But you and I had like I literally had like a sandwich conversation with you where we talked about like just the making of a sandwich and like yeah. the sandwich approach. Um, and I just kind of and like it's funny because I actually I just yesterday I was selling at an event and I was talking to someone and I was telling someone how like the importance of how you make a sandwich. And I was telling people actually how you guys make your Italian, how it's like, you know, and and, I, and I'd rather have you tell it because there's like a lot of like I just absolutely loved your passion with it. Um, yeah. everything from like the bread <laughs> to the meat. So I'm going to, I'm just going to ask the question, like what, what is JP Graziano's sandwich approach? So the, the absolute most important thing is uh, how fresh it is, right? It's like, we don't, I don't pre-slice one slice of meat for anything before something's ordered. And then the big, you know, that started out of something very practical because in the beginning, like when we were selling a couple sandwiches a day, I had no idea how much salami I was going to go through. So I would only slice, you know, the seven or eight slices that go on the sandwich when somebody ordered the sandwich. But then I realized like how that's so important, especially deli meat, man. Like, you know, that oxidizes pretty quick. The flavor could change over a few hours once the air starts. You're completely reversing the process of how salami was made, right? You're opening up to the air, you're exposing it. And so that's something, I mean, you know, sometimes my guys kind of look at me sideways because the amount of sandwiches we do in a day and they're still slicing everything fresh to order, but it's a really big point. You know, um, one of the biggest points of how we became to, of what we are. Right. So 
the bread also, it's like, to me, one of the most important aspects of it, the bread we get is from D'Amato's Bakery. They're a third generation family owned Italian bakery, um, you know, coal fired oven, just the best product in the world. There's like three ingredients in this bread. You have to use it that day. I mean, the next day it's an absolute baseball bat, but to me, that's a very good sign, right? There's no preservatives. It's not filled with anything. It's not intended to be used, you know, anything besides that day. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's much of a secret, like use the best quality ingredients you could possibly get. That was one of my great grandpa's philosophies, yeah. but then how we actually put together the sandwich and really started out of being efficient was every, every single sandwich has its own way of being built. So like the guy who's, cause, because we slice it fresh order, like there's a guy who just slices all day long. And then the guy next to him, he prepares the sandwich, right? So when that, the guy who's slicing it hands over the sandwich to the guy who's going to be making it, he knows what sandwich it is by what meat is on top, right? So like when you see the hot capicola on top, you know, that's an Italian. When the pepperoni's on top, you know, that's a spicy. When the supersad's on top, you know, it's a Mr. G. Every single sandwich is built like that. And how many slices, what number it gets sliced on, on the slicer, you know, again, you don't want it too thin. You don't want it too thick. I mean, it's, you're really going to, going to dial in every little thing. And, um, I would kind of like obsess over all those little details. And I, all the time I would say like, well, it's not rocket science. And then it would be like, well, then why does it take you 20 minutes to explain how to make a sandwich? You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of just part of our approach of keeping that fresh, keeping it a certain way. And, um, and then ease of being efficient. So like whoever's standing in that position and making the sandwich, when a guy goes for lunch break or something like that, it's constantly seamless. Like these guys are know what's going on no matter what. And then, you know, we mix the vinegar and the oregano with the lettuce before we put it on the sandwich. I think that's a very, very important part. Like you get that consistent flavor the whole way through. It's not like, you know, this bite had vinegar, this bite had oregano, this bite had nothing. You know, it's like a consistent flavor the whole way through. I sold to thousands and thousands and thousands of restaurants. And I've talked to chefs like you wouldn't believe. And I would sell them these products. And we would talk about flavor profiles of, you know, like really fancy dishes and stuff like that. And to me, there's no reason to not bring that kind of approach and philosophy if you're making a sandwich. Yeah. And kind of, you know, that's kind of just how I started all my stuff. Yeah. And, and there's, and I mean, obviously there's a reason why you know, you guys are definitely doing something right. Cause there's a reason why your Mr. G is known as one of like Chicago's most iconic sandwiches. And also like one of the top, like your best Chicago, like best lunch spots. There's a reason why I've been preaching since I've met you about this, because even like, I remember even talking about how the fact that the fact that the oil and vinegar holds better on the lettuce, if it's already tossed. So that way right. you don't have to worry about any of that stuff, like squirting over and leaking on your shirt because it's already mixed on there. I mean, right. those are all the little things. And I, and I, and I tell you, like, those are the things I appreciate. And there's a reason why you're so successful is because I think people see those things and they taste those things. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people can just say, Oh, you just slap stuff on there, but you can taste a well-built sandwich. And that's one of the one things where I'm like, I, to this day, that's what I remember. Uh, and that's why I always like pretty much why I'm always telling people about you <laughs> because it is literally probably there's only one other place. Uh, there's one place in Orlando that I get an Italian at, but I pretty much will tell you that I still like 
like ever automatically i promise you like when i go to chicago my wife already knows like i'll be visiting you and it may be more than <laughs> once when we come to chicago um so i also want to talk to you because one of the things that you did which i thought was really really smart was the fact that you kind of you did kind of use some of the information and some of the things that you did with the wholesale side of it you actually created you created taste of real chicago right and so I wanted to tell people a little bit about where you, how you came up with going using this route, which basically allows you to then sell the Jardinier and the Mufaletta um, mix. So right. tell people a little bit about what made you decide to say, hey, I think this is another another avenue that I can go and I can provide people to be able to buy and come to the store, but also be able to sell online as well. Yeah, um, so that. So the Jardiner itself, you know, that the recipe that we use today is the same from the 1950s or when my great grandpa, or my grandpa and my uncle Paul ran it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm to me, I'm like, you have to be smart enough to be able to like change and grow and see what's coming. But the real smarts is like to know when not to mess with stuff that works. You know, that's I've walked that fine line running a 84 year old business my the whole time it's been under my control um so we had the jardin era when we were selling it wholesale and retail we would sell gallons and we would sell quarts and 16 ounce and eight ounce and stuff like that and it kind of just got to be a little too much you know again I'm, i was pulling back on the wholesale so i wasn't ordering like pallets and pallets of this stuff it was really just to stock the store and then have enough for the sandwich shop so I only brought it down to like five gallon buckets for food service and then just 32 ounce jars for the shelf. And a lot of customers kept asking me for 16 ounce jars. It's a little bit more practical size when you're using it at home. And it kind of coincided with me starting a Mufaletta sandwich at the store. Um, Central Grocery, New Orleans, I'm sure you're very aware of them. You know, to yep. me, absolute gold standard of a Mufaletta sandwich. <coughs> I wanted to get like, you know, take a shot at making it. Um, but I really never found a jarred mufa lettuce spread that I liked. So I would take, I would make my own. I would take our mild jardinera, chop it up, take the Castello Vedrano olives, like Sicilian green olives that we'd sell at the store, crack them in half, pull the seed out, chop it up, get the olive ratio to the jardinera ratio correct. But it would just take a very long time to make enough quantity of that, like, you know, where it was worth it. I got, you know, myself or my guys doing it by hand. Um, so I was only limited when I could sell that sandwich, I would do it like only on fat Tuesday. And then, you know, we would build up stock and do it like the weekend, including the Tuesday. And then eventually I just took that, threw it in a jar, sent it up to the people that make our Jardinera. And I said, can you try and match this? And they knocked it out of the park. And then I figured like, okay, well, if now I'm going to, if I'm going to add two new products being the hot and the mild Mufaletta, this is my chance. Let me get this stuff in all 16 ounce jars. Let me update and freshen up the label a little, little bit. And that all went down like kind of all of 2019. And by the end of 2019, I think ended November, 2019, December, 2019 is when I launched tasterealchicago.com um, with five products, hot and mild jardinera, hot and mild mufaletta, and then a gift pack, the taste real Chicago gift pack, which was one of each jar. Um, and that website really blew up for me during COVID and 2020, because like, you know, so many people were looking at a way to support small businesses, even if they weren't in Chicago, you know, how can we help? How can we help? And I would direct them to that website. 
as you know, we also advertise with Barstool here in Chicago, and they really amplify the word and get that out. And that website just went nuts in 2020. And, um, you know, it's, it's to me, it's the Chicago condiment, man. It's like, it's only really done in Chicago. A lot of people outside of Chicago, they might have seen it in various forms, but not like packed in oil, how Chicagoans do it and stuff like that. So I knew there was a market for it because like so many Chicago transplants, Florida, Arizona, California, wherever you may be, or people who live here and want their you know friends and family to try it in another state. Um, so I kind of just went for it, man. And, you know, learned how to build a Shopify page, took the pictures and, and, you know, plenty of stumbling and messing up, but um, like anything else, see it through until it kind of takes off. And, you know, now that website's doing really well. We did a collaboration beef kit with the barstool guys. Yep. I was just about to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's gone really well. And uh, I think by the holidays in a month or so, I'll be debuting a new product that will be coming out kind of a branch off of Jardinera. Nice. And um, you know, it's fun. I just, I don't know, man, when I see an opportunity like that, you know, and it's, it's not like it's a brand new product, it's a proven concept. Yeah. And you kind of just go for it and just, um, and I also love it because in many ways it kind of stays with it's, it kind of still kind of pays an homage or kind of love to how your roots of where you guys started, you know, right. of like everything that you're selling. I mean, I, I think that's the part that I loved is the fact that it's like, though you're not doing wholesale of the ingredient, you're like, you're still providing a quality product that now everyone can have. And it's, even though it's not going to restaurants, it's going now to individuals who are wanting to have that taste and not being able to. So I, I think it's, I think it was amazing when I saw it. I was like, man, I'm like, what a great, what a great and smart idea. But what happens is a lot of times people don't take that chance, right? They don't want to take that chance. So I think that was one of the things that I thought was uh, really fantastic when I saw that you guys were doing that, um, you know, because it just, it just made sense. You just needed to do it. So it does. And it's like, you can't ignore, you can't ignore those opportunities, right? Like it, to me, the sandwich shop had grown to a point to where like, you know, if the Shopify page didn't work out for the peppers, I would have just sold the peppers in the store and, you know, plenty of people would call me and we would mail them out from the store and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, it's not the in business, in my opinion, you do have a lot of trepidation and anxiety sometimes of like trying something new or taking a shot here and there. Once you jump out of the proverbial nest enough times, and even if you fall and you, you realize like, I might've got nicked up. I might've got banged up, but like nothing catastrophic happened. Yeah. You realize that, you know, just go for it. Right. And the, and, and in the beginning, I would like, just try to like poke as many holes and be like the biggest devil's advocate. And it would be like what they call it um, paralysis by analysis, yes. right? Like you just yes. overthink what can go wrong, what could go wrong. And then I realized like, stuff's going to go wrong no matter what. If I like bang my head against the wall for 18 months on something, or if I just throw it out there, you're never going to cover every base. It's easier really to like, just go for it. And then the things that go wrong become very obvious very quickly. And then you realize, well, okay, there's five problems instead of 25 that I thought I had, and they're very easy to identify. And now just get to work on taking care of those and then you put some time in and then all of a sudden it's a, you know, just a well-oiled machine that's kind of running. And, we don't technically do a distribution. Now I do have some pizza places that started buying it from me. We did get into the home Depot hot dog stands here. Oh, nice. you know, they sell it on their stuff and they sell the jars as well. 
And I actually just got word this morning that I put in a bid to grab a warehouse kind of by my house. And now I'm going to get like throw my hat back into this distribution stuff because of the, you know, the brand that was able to build. So I'll be doing my own online distribution or fulfillment now, and then doing distribution as well. And kind of just really getting back to my roots of wholesale, yeah. but really just sticking with that product yeah. and um, just going to go for it again, man, and see what happens. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. And you kind of answered the question because I was, that was, my question was going to be the aspect of like, what, what advice would you give for when starting out? But you basically answered it. Like you just got to stop thinking about it and actually just go start doing it. Um, for sure. which, I, which I think is important. And the other thing that, um, that I want to talk about is collaborations, because I think that you've done a really good job with collaborations with, with just not with like one, like you mentioned the barstool, uh, Chicago collab that you guys did the Italian beef kit, which by the way is amazing. Um, it was an amazing, uh, I had some friends that are from Chicago come eat cause obviously it makes so much, um, with, yep. with it. So I want you to tell a little bit about how that came about and what it includes so that people can actually go check it out, you know, and I don't, and I think it's still available in taste real Chicago, um, it is. as an option. So I want you to kind of tell a little bit about that, but then yep. I also want you to talk about, since we're talking about collaborations, you also teamed up with doing offering gelatos and sorbettos um with vero coffee gelato so i want to talk a yeah. little bit about like what made you decide to do those things um was it something that they approached you you approached them um and kind of talk a little bit about both of those so for the the, the barstool beef kit as it's called mm -hmm. um that was definitely me reaching out to them and i really just deal with the chicago guys here you know and my guy is Eddie, who's, you know, grew up a couple blocks away from my neighborhood. We're 10 years apart, so we don't fully kind of cross over, but we know a million of the same guys. He went to like the rival school that I went to in high school and stuff okay. like that. So just real good Chicago, great guy. And um, we were talking at the end of the year, planning for the next year. And I said, you know, man, everything we get together on just really works. We should come up with a collab. A I didn't even know at the time what it should be, right? Because yeah. I, I just knew if we got our both of our names on a bottle of fill in the blank, it's going to work. And um, so I talked to him about it. And he said, let me talk to a couple people, see what they say. All I wanted was a green light to use their name on one of my products with mine. Yep. And then two days later, he called me up. He said, Jimmy, Erica Nardini wants to have a meeting with you, who's the CEO of Barstool Sports. And I was like, all right, cool. I should probably figure out what product we're going to pitch here. <laughs> and, you know, the year before with COVID, so many people were cooking at home. And this guy posted a, a, a make at home Italian beef that they do in a slow cooker. So a little unconventional of how we normally do it. <laughs> um, but the recipe called for half a jar of our hot jardinera, half a jar of our mild jardinera, and then a list of like seven or eight spices. So I talked to my jardinera people and I said, let, I want to develop something that's basically a medium in between the hot and the mild. Yeah. They did that. We call it mezzo in Italian means half. So mezzo jardinera. And then a spice guy who we've been working with for over 15 years out of Chicago, sent him the list of spices. And I said, get this all in a bottle. And we came up with the Italian beef seasoning. So the, you know, what I pitched was this beef kit where you can make it at home. It's in your slow cooker. You don't need restaurant equipment, you know, Chuck roast, nothing fancy, nothing expensive, cut up the meat, throw it in a slow cooker, throw in the peppers, get your beef base, get it boiling, throw in the seasoning, throw everything in a crock pot, 
week walk away and eight hours later you got all this unbelievable like yeah. legit flavored italian beef and it took off and it really i mean crashed the site the first day we debuted it um talk about falling down a couple of times you know what i mean but just kept pushing through and you know it's good to be uncomfortable a lot in business it means you're growing it means you're trying new things and um and then eventually got it stabilized and now it's like you know no problem with the inventory and we flip them all the time and you know this football season really made it take off again yeah so that's been a lot of fun man and it's you know but it's again it's it's a delicious product it's quality stuff it's something that i'm very proud to put my name on i wouldn't do it you know i knew we could kind of sell anything with the barstool guys but it still has to meet all those standards and qualities. I have very long time customers and you can't just, yeah. you know, you let them down at this point. So that was, that was a lot of fun to work with them. Cool to see the kind of very corporate approach, you know, mm-hmm. that they take in their spot. And then me being like, you know, just the small, the small mom pop guy kind of like steering the ship the whole way through. And, yeah. you know, um, very satisfying to like kind of see that work and take off and, and grow into the amount of numbers that we've been able to do. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's been a lot of fun. Is that and kind of similar the, with the ice cream or the gelato? Yeah. So, well, how that originated is in probably next year, there'll be a new product coming out in collaboration with Vero Gelato that I've really I've, I've had this idea in my head for a while. Right. And I've, we're, we're, we've been doing kind of like R and D on it for product a while. Test, product taste. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun, especially oh, when yeah. it comes to gelato. Oh yeah. And um, Angelo Lolino, who's the gentleman that owns that company, our families have known each other for a very, very long time. They're, they're huge in Chicago as well. And um, so as we work on that, I thought, let's get your stuff in here now, you know, a couple flavors, nothing crazy. Um, just to like get people used to seeing those names together and then hopefully you know spring beginning of summer next year him and i will have a really cool collaboration project we've been working on and i just thought again with the sorbetto recently we opened up nighttime hours so i thought it would be a good hit in the summer you know grab a sandwich grab a little cup of lemon ice and um it's all taken off really really well that's good man and and that was one of the things that i was going to lead up to was you guys decided because your usual hours, you guys are open till what? Till like about five or so. Is so COVID usually? changed. Yeah. Normally five COVID changed hours and days a bit. Yeah. So right now our standard hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 4 PM and forever, you know, everybody's like, I can't get to you by the time you close your, your crazy hours. You are not open on Sundays, which, yeah. we're, you know, like family day, we're never going to be open on a Sunday. But again, with that neighborhood changing so much, literally like a Nobu hotel opened up across the street from our, from our store, I planned on doing nighttime hours, right? Because I would close up the door at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever. I turn around and get to my car, and there's more people on the street at that time of the day than there was at any point during the day. Yeah. And the day was great. Like, you know, it's, it, it didn't hurt us at all. But I just like, I sat out there one night. And for an hour, I counted how many people walked past my corner. And I was like, 65% of these people would eat a sandwich if I was open, you know? So I got to work on like kind of creating a a walk-up window on the side of our building. And I put the, the, I put the, um, the permits in with the city 
I put the permits in with the city at the end of 2018. Um, they reviewed it all 2019. The building is landmarked as well. So I had to pass city council approval, wow. landmark approval, and I got the permit in November of 2019. And I said, cool, let the summer, the winter pass, let the freeze pass. Spring of 2020, we'll cut the hole in the wall, install this walk-up window. And then COVID happened. So like, you know, it made no sense to do nighttime hours, but it saved me. I can't even tell you how this worked out because I used that walk-up window during the day all through 2020 um, without having people come into the store. So yeah. that allowed us to have a very smooth, efficient, safe system, very safe for people to like be able to spread out outside the whole time. And um, we rolled through 2020 with like no problem because of it. And now this summer, you know, I said, let's get this night window going because people were like so ready to be out and about. And it's been open for like three months now. So we reopen on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. We reopen up at 6 p.m. and go to 1 a.m. Yeah. And that's been fun, man. I mean, it's you like, guys, you, know, and you guys, I've seen like a lot of people, like even events have happened around that time. Uh -huh. You guys, yeah. are like you guys, you guys even have like the quote unquote, the Instagrammable, uh, I would say it's like a bench, <laughs> like yep. with the light up bench. I mean, you guys yep. like it's, you really like you leaned into it, but I love it because I was like, it makes total sense. I'm like, you go out, you're out and about and I'm, I'm hungry. I want to, I'd, I'd eat a sub at night, uh, you know, which works out really well. I, yeah. I am kind of curious. Do you make them like a smaller, do you have like a midnight snack version where they're smaller because you make some big old subs. Yeah. Like, are no, they, we, don't. <laughs> we run our full menu. We yeah, run our full it. menu. If somebody wants a half a sandwich. I tell them, find a friend, give them the other half. Oh, wrap it's, it up and eat it, eat it, in a, eat it the next day. There, everybody, not everybody, plenty of people walk in with the intention of having half a sandwich and they'll even say, can you wrap it in two portions for me? I'm going to have this one later. And it's, you know, pre COVID, especially when we had seating inside still, I'd watch the person eat that half a sandwich. And then I would just like start counting in my head. And I knew 99.9% .9 of the time they reach back in the back, they open up that second half of the sandwich and they knock it down. So, I mean, it's like, you know, you're halfway through it. Do point. you realize that I was supposed to eat at five different places and I did that. <laughs> I said I was only going to eat the half and I ate the whole damn thing. Yeah. And like, it was know. like right when you guys opened and then I was like, I didn't even go to five places at the end of the day because yeah. I, I was so stuffed that I was like, I got to walk the city to got to lower my, you know, feel better. But it was, it was well worth it for sure. I try, I try never to be cocky, but I dare you to eat half a sandwich <laughs> of mine and not, and especially with the other half sitting there, you're just going to crack into it. So we started, I'll give you this, this week, I'm not sure when you're airing this, but this Thursday, um, this Thursday night, I'm, it will be the first time we offer an Italian beef that we're making in really? the store. I worked out a deal with my tenant next door to rent out some of her kitchen space. And now we're making our own Italian beef. And this Thursday night is going to be the first time you can get a hot beef, a hot sandwich at all from my store. And that's going to be like, you know, a, a weekly nighttime window thing. Um, that we've been working on for the last couple of weeks. And it's really good, really good, especially you throw some of our hot jardinera on there. Yeah. It's a really good sandwich. So I just, you know, at this point, Anthony, it's, and it's not like, I just feel like I'm kind of seeing things very clearly. It's at a speed that I could take. We've grown so much through this. I've really, I just have a lot of confidence in if I stick to really who we are, Right. I've always had a very, very clear picture of our brand, what people expect from us, what I want to represent as a business owner, as somebody from Chicago. 
And as, as long as like the new stuff checks off all those boxes, I'm very comfortable moving forward. Not everything's going to work out yeah. and that's fine too, but I'm always going to take that shot. Right. And all you could do is improve from it, get a better idea, walk away, feeling a little bit more confident, even in your failures, you know, just like I tell my kids, man, a failure is not a failure unless you tell yourself it is, it's a learning opportunity. It sounds cliche, but it is man. And just don't be afraid to go for it. Of course you put in your due diligence, you do your research, you put in your R and D on a lot of things, you test it out on people that you really trust and know, and then just go for it, man. I mean, it's like, you know, um, when you really believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it and um, feeling very comfortable in, um, in the brand and the story that we have that was all built by the generations before me, yeah. there's nothing that scares me and like just kind of taking my shots here and there. I love it's it, a lot man. of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. I love it. So tell people where, um, tell people where they can uh, find you and follow you. Uh, and yes. if, obviously if they're in Chicago to come see, by the way, congratulations. I do know that they changed, they named the, they named the street. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's like, I was amazing to see, um, you know, that, that honor. So I just kind of, you know, by all means, let, let the people know where they can follow you as well as also order online. And if they're in Chicago, obviously enjoy your food. Yeah, absolutely. So social media wise, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all JP Graziano. Um, I do have a TikTok page that I had, I hired somebody to like make videos for the peppers to show people how many different ways you could use these peppers. That TikTok is taste real Chicago, real simple. If you're outside of Chicago looking for our peppers and our Mufa letter, the beef kits and some products I'm going to be adding at the end of this year and into next year, that's tasterealchicago.com. And then if you're in Chicago looking for sandwiches, um, you can order online at jpgraziano.com. We're located at 901 West Randolph Street in Chicago. And um, like I said, Tuesdays through Saturdays, 11 to 4. Thursdays through Saturdays, we reopen up at 6 p.m. and go to 1 a.m. And um, I think that covers everything, man. It does, man. It does. Um, and by the way, congratulations. I saw one of the things I'm assuming was one of those little little uh, personal checkoff lists, like where you actually sponsor a team and get to have like a, I saw the hockey jerseys. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, seeing yep. that. Cause that's like one of those on my list of like things that I want to accomplish is be able to sponsor a team and, and clothe them and all that. And so I thought it was absolutely awesome seeing the, the, the hockey jerseys that you guys have on, uh, have on your site right now. That is neat. It's, um, you know, local guys from a neighborhood. It's a, it's a men's beer league at uh, Johnny's ice house, which is like legendary in Chicago. It's on Madison. The Hawks used to practice there before they built their own facility. And the guy just said like, you know, what do you think about sponsoring our, before he even finished the sentence, I was like in down, I'm in hundred percent, no doubt about it. I didn't even know I get to like have, we got to like design our own jerseys and stuff like that. Um, so that's super cool. You know, it's, I'm huge, obviously on anything in the community, these guys, you know, half the guys on the team and coming to my store way before we turned into what we are now. So it was a no brainer to help them out. And then to get some really cool merch out of it that had really great reaction it was a lot of fun too. And it's, I played hockey my whole life, went to a million Hawks games with my father. Um, you know, so it, it like, really brings up a lot of good memories and it, and it makes me feel good to help out like, you know, guys in the community and really just people who have been sort of supporting us for so long. So yeah. 
it's again, it's one of those things that just comes along and it's like, man, that makes so much sense. Sign me up. And then, you know, it takes off and people kind of going wild for these jerseys. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's it's awesome. So do you have yeah. any last, uh, last comments that you want to share or questions or anything before we, uh, before we finish off? I want to know two things from you. Okay. What got you into sandwiches, like the passion of your sandwiches? Where does that come from? I'm imagining you've put it out there somewhere. I don't know if I've ever seen it. So my passion, it's funny because, um, and I, and I laugh because if my parents ever hear this, my podcast or anything, they probably would cringe because my mom, so my mom is the type of person I'm Cuban. My mom is the type of person that a sandwich is had for lunch and that's it. Got it. So I never got to have sandwiches for dinner. Like sandwiches for dinner was like, what is that? That's not, that's not dinner. Um, And I think, I think some of it had to do with the fact that I just absolutely loved the idea of what a sandwich was and the fact that I couldn't enjoy it all the time. And I think being deprived of that made me more fascinated by it. The fact that every single time we would have any leftovers, I would try to make it into a sandwich um, because I would say, Hey, can we have that? Can I have that for lunch? like that meatloaf for lunch or this for lunch in a sandwich. Um, right. And so I think that kind of played a part into it where I just, I just was fascinated by it. I love the fact that you can put any type of meal. I pretty much, that's why I call it the king of meals. You can put anything yep. in it um, and, you know, and make a sandwich out of it. And it, and it tastes great. I mean, I've tried doing it many times, just like even plates of food where I've just like, it was like, roasted pork and rice and beans and plantains and i like literally like let's just put it on a cuban roll and see see what it tastes like so to me that's kind of where where it came from and it just was one of those things where i just enjoyed eating them i was eating them every day um and so that's kind of where it came and like the older i got the more the more i ate at more i ate sandwiches the more places i wanted to go eat sandwiches where you know especially if they were good sandwiches um, just because I love going to local places. I don't, I, I have a lot of respect for, for restaurants and people that do restaurants and food, um, just because it's so hard, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so it's one of those where I'm like, people always ask me like, would you ever open a restaurant? And I'm like, the only way I would ever open one is if I was like, if I was actually with someone who actually was, um, in the restaurant game already right. doing it. And I collaborated with them because I do have a passion for it. I love it. Um, right. and it would, and it would make sense with my brand to sell sandwiches, but I would only do it if it was with someone else, um, right. to be able to do it. I mean, do I have ideas where if I won the lotto, like I literally remember doing presentations in college, telling people like, if I won the lotto, I would name a place. Open I would name this sandwich, place. Yeah. I have like two sandwich concepts that I would do if I ever won, if I had the money and I could just do it. And I was like, I had the people, the right people with me to do it. I would totally do it. So yeah, it's just the fascination by it. It's it's an absolute love of what it what it tastes like, what it is, and what it what it brings. Um, and and it's funny because it's not like one of those things where I remember eating with my uh, with my folks. So yeah, so you you said you had a second question. It is, and it I mean it kind of basic, but just because yeah. how I I love them so much. What is your favorite condiment on a sandwich? Your favorite condiment on a sandwich. That's a good, that's a great question. Um, it kind of, it kind of depends. I lately I've been doing a lot of like mixtures of condiments together just because I like the idea of the sweet and the right. heat, um, when it comes to it. So sometimes I'll do like lately. And I think we're actually having this for dinner tonight. Um, one of the sandwiches that I like to make at home is this orange. It's like an orange chicken bon mi. Okay. 
Um, so what I do is I use the leftover like Trader Joe orange chicken and then I get like the rolls and then I use I pickle the veggies. So I do like some pickled vegetables um, and then because I, I kind of want that crunch, but a little bit of that sour, and, and you mm-hmm. know, and then I do a sriracha. I do like a garlic sriracha mayo um, is what I usually will put on it. And so I'll do that on the bun. Like it, that's one of those things where I'm like, no one I don't see. I don't know any other place that sells right. it. Um, something that I just that I think killer. it's <laughs> that yeah, right. Killer. And it's kind of one, of, and I think what it is, it's just one of those things where you the same concept of like I make things and I convert foods into like, oh, I like eating this. I can make that into a right. sandwich. Um, and so that's kind of one of the areas where I've been kind of doing that. Um, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I I've liked. I've been enjoying the German, like a lot of the German mustards, where there's kind of like that little bit of that heat and some of the little bit of sweet to it. Um, it just kind of depends on it. I've put, I've put like pickled, pickled veggies, like the relish and the jardinier and stuff like that on it. Um, it just kind of depends on the sandwich, right? Like the mix of what the sandwich is and what it, what it needs. Um, to me, that's kind of one of those, but I've done everything from strawberry jelly to on a sandwich. Um, you know, I've tried I pretty much will try anything to see what, what it could, uh, how I can add extra flavors or extra layers of flavors to my sandwich. That's to me, that's what it is with sandwiches. I mean, it, it gives you such a platform to play around with combinations of flavors. Like you said, sweet, heat, even sometimes like, you know, uh, like a like a roast pork in Philly, like broccoli rob. You can bring some bitter notes into yeah. there, play with the textures, whether it be the veggies you put in there or the bread that you use. It's I mean, it just it's so open ended with sandwiches. And that's why it's like so much fun playing around with different com- um, combinations of stuff. And then, as you had mentioned, we talked about the collaborations, you know, we've done a lot of different sandwich ones and it's a lot of fun for me to like, you know, kind of pick the other person's brain to like their philosophy of how these things go together. How can we mash it up with my stuff, really make it a real deal collaboration where you're really marrying something they're really known for and something really re- we're known for. And it's just, um, it's endless, man. It's absolutely endless. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, I always dig keep an eye on your social media and your pages of what you're throwing together. And I've tried definitely a couple of things. Um, I love you. The Cabano sandwich is one of my favorite sandwiches that there is. And I know that's yeah. one of your favorites. Um, yep. so it's, um, you know, I, I know you, you're really a fan of what we do, but you know, I'm a huge fan of yours as well. I love your merch. I love your style. I, I really, that. and I mean, I you mean buy- it. And I absolutely love you guys. Like, it's literally one of those where um, that's something that to me is like, I just love what you guys encompass and what you guys bring. And I love and I, and I think that's the part where I'm I'm fun seeing because it's one of those where um, I kind of find I kind of chuckle a little because there's people that are from Chicago. And when I tell them, hey, have you been there? And they're like, no. And they're like, how do you even know this? <laughs> how do you I was know like, it? dude, right. I go, I go, how, I go, how do you not know? I was like, do you not read any food <laughs> things? I was like, they all talk, like, like everyone talks about them. So I it's definitely appreciate it. It's and a big I, city. It is a big, I know. And I think that's the part I forget living in Orlando. Cause like Orlando, like I, we have a lot of sandwich shops sure. here and they have like a lot of good places, but it's, it's where, I mean, I, I tell folks sometimes when I go to larger cities, it makes, it makes Orlando seem like a town right. compared to like a city, like, like a Chicago or a New York or, or even in Atlanta, right. um, you know, where you kind of can see those things. So I think that's kind of the part where it's the most interesting to kind of, 
experience or see and and be able to and, and you're right there's so many nooks and crannies in all these major cities yep. to be able to find that so it's amazing to see how you've been able to one stand out but also at the same time encompass that idea that you originally had of being part of the neighborhood um and then also at the same time like at the end of the day if you provide a quality product i think and people see that you're passionate about what you're doing and what you're producing, people taste it and people see it. I think that there's a reason why when people eat your sandwiches, they see those things, they, they taste it and they can tell that you just like you, you took the time to make it same reason when people open, unpack a package of mine, uh, one of my shirts and they experience the whole experience. I think they notice those little details and those little details to some may not mean much, but to me, that's part of the process. Like I want people to see that I love that. Like I love what I'm doing and what I'm providing you um, is what it is. And I think that, and that's kind of comes across very clear when it comes to when you guys are, are, are feeding the masses in Chicago. I, hands down, definitely one of the reasons that we kind of vibe like we do because what I've ordered from you before and you know, this thing comes wrapped up as a sandwich. There's a personalized note, like on a, on a deli ticket, kind of looking thing there is not a day that goes by that i don't use that sandwich spreader either popping open an orange with the hook or you know making my kids stuff or myself stuff it's you know i gotta send you some more i'm telling you it's like it's you know those it's it just takes a little bit more to like put that personal touch on it and you know the attention to detail people really do appreciate man there's so many places to buy a shirt from there's so many places in chicago to go buy a sandwich from and it's like, how do we, how do we stand out? But it also, it, it, it personifies your brand, you know, and it makes sense. Yep. You're not like, you're not trying to like do something wacky to stand out. You're just, you're not missing a beat the whole way through to kind of mm-hmm. just reinforce that brand the whole way. And it's, it's, there's no doubt that's like, you know, why you and I become such good friends, even just meeting one time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. it's, I, I really respect what you do, man. It's, I, I truly mean it. Dude, much, much appreciated. And definitely likewise. I, so I am, I do have one question, even though I, I, I don't want to go too long, but I have one question because it kind of triggered into my back of my head because so you, since you mentioned that you're going to be basically taking over distribution, kind of distribution inside of like when you guys start sending out your stuff, is that going to change some of how you're going to handle um, or maybe adding a little more personalization or maybe a little bit more of a, like, you know, of there. Cause I mean, obviously they do a great job with like the, when they were doing your distribution right. of when you guys order, but since you're kind of almost taking it more now in house, is that going to be, are you, do you have ideas or changes that you're going to be making to it? of how your process is going to be or how you're going to maybe personalize it a little bit more. Absolutely. That's it's, and it's not the main reason, but it's kind of one of the important reasons that I do want to take this back onto my own. So, you know, we, we did all our packing and send products out for the, for all of 2020 all by myself in the beginning of 2021 as well. When I signed that bar stool deal and knew we were going to have a huge increase of volume on top of how much it had grown on its own, you know, I was just having like my regular guys pack up the boxes and pulling them off a sandwich line or delaying their prep in the morning. And it was just getting too much. It was making it very inefficient. Yeah. And then with the bar stool thing, really knowing that that, you know, a huge bump in volume was going to come. Um, that's when I outsourced it to another company. And currently they take care of all the online fulfillment. 
quite a few things of why I want to take it back over. But one of the biggest things is, you know, especially because of how long we've been around, how we have multi-generational, you know, I have fourth and fifth generation customers that buy from us and they'll buy something online and then they'll send me an email or call me or whatever and say, Hey, this is for my nephew or my niece. He's going away to college and he's not going to have Chardonnay there. And I want to include a note. I got no way to do something like that right now. And to me, that is so, I mean, if I got to handwrite it, if they send it to me, I can't include something like that. Now having a third party do this. And I know I could take on this process. It's, I know I'm giving myself a bunch more work and, you know, we'll go through our pitfalls. I'm sure kind of taking this back over, but to me, it is one of those things where I have to do this on my own because not only am I going to ensure it's going to be done exactly how I want it to do. It gives me that chance to kind of like personalize this stuff or personalize a gift for somebody and then really kind of put my own mark on it. I've stole your idea before when I've sell my shirts, I wrap them up like a sandwich now. And I tell people like, they're like, Oh, this is brilliant. I was like, I wish I could take credit for it. My guy, Biggie is the first guy I've ever seen us do this in my life, you know? So, but to me, that's again, you got to find a way to separate yourself and it's not, it's not a gimmick. It's something that really makes sense for your brand. And then just shows the consumer, man, these guys really, they kind of like try to think of everything that they could check off every box. And um, that's how you develop customers for life. You know, that that attention to detail and, and really showing them how much you appreciate your business. No, man, I get it. I get it. And I, and I, and that's one of the first things when I thought of when you said that I was like, Oh, I'm like, because that is one of the areas where I've, I've had, I've had to make certain decisions on certain things on how I do things, which sometimes is one of the reasons why it's kind of slows some growth um, in the sense, because of the fact that I'm like, I want to keep things packaged. Um, But if I do, I basically have had to come to terms on certain things. Like if I do wholesale, it's okay to do wholesale and have like a tag instead of it being wrapped. And, but then if you buy it from me at an event or online, you're going to get the full, you're going to get the full experience. Um, and I think that that's important, but you know, cause I do the same thing. Even when I do an event, I still handwrite a note. It's not as personalized as if you ordered, you know, Hey, like if I put, Hey, I hope you enjoy your Italian right. beef. I'll, I'll, it'll be more of a generic, like, I hope you love your sandwich, right. your pack sandwich or something like that, but at least it gives something. So, I mean, I definitely think that if you can come up with, especially because you guys are going to be busy with having to pack it. So if you can come up with a way to do it where you have the ability to have it almost like written in a way like a, like a hand, it looks either a handwritten right. note and then have like a deviation where you can do for the special ones. Cause that's kind of what my customers, I tell all my customers that I'm like, if it's a gift for someone else, I need to know, right. leave me a note and tell me what it is because that way it, 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 it does mean it's, it's a lot more special to be able to get it. And you're right. It does add an extra level um, all the customers who get those things. And those are the little things I think that people even, you know, that are extra that you don't get with like a larger company, right. um, you know, that you can do and that you, and it, and it kind of shows, it means a difference. It makes a difference. No, it really does. It really does. And it's, um, it's fun, man. And it's just a different creative way kind of, you know, to express yourself, show your appreciation, your customers stand out. And uh, so I, I mix, you know, while I know I kind of, a bit off a lot that I'm going to have to chew here. Um, I'm excited that it's, it's going to be able to kind of like, just, it does, it's not about like me controlling it. It's just me being able to make sure everything's done in the same way 
that follows suit of everything else that I've worked hard to, you know, grow and really why I do this and the way I do things. It's really just to show respect to my great grandpa, my grandpa, my uncle Paul, my dad, my uncle Larry, every guy that's ran that store, man, they really did all the heavy lifting. They made that brand. They built, you know, they built the Graziano name in Chicago and, um, it ain't about me, man. I have no ego in this thing. It's not every single guy that has run this business has come and gone every single one. And I will as well, but that store, that name, that legacy has stayed. Right. So I just feel like I'm the guardian of it for my time. Right. And, um, I have two young kids, as you know, I will absolutely not force them into this. Like, you know, yeah. cause my dad did that to me. They will get dragged down when they're at the appropriate age, they're going to sweep floors and load shelves and they're going to learn and pack orders. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my daughter's already made some like, you know, TikTok videos and content for me. She loves it. She eats a sandwich at school every single day, provolone and hard salami. Her. And she's like, dad, oh, these yeah. kids eat peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I'm like, take it easy. You know, you got to tell people you eat prosciutto to keep the family name strong over here. <laughs> You're eating hard salami, <laughs> you know, but it's a young palate. So we're working on it. But it's, yeah. you know, to me, that's that place has always been. It has provided for I can't even tell you how many families at this point, um, but it's a place where you could um, you learn a very good work ethic, a respect for. You know, my dad would tell me if people don't walk through that door, we don't put shoes on our feet. And it took me a while to really, really understand that. And my kids are going to know that every pair of shoes that they've ever gotten is because people walk through our doors and it's a special appreciation for running a small business. And it doesn't have to be a sandwich shop or, you know, fill in the blank, man. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a place where people can be taught and learn and, um, you know, carry on very important family traditions and um, that's that's purely my motivation of running that place and treating it like I do. It's really kind of just out of the respect for the guys before me and to make sure that I could set up, you know, our kids with a very strong work ethic and appreciation. Whatever they do in my in their life is I, I know that they're going to be, you know, very hard workers and, and attention to detail and appreciate that people choose you for a certain thing. And that takes care of your livelihood. Yeah, man. That's that that's that's a perfect way to end it with this one. So um true true words. Um that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Jim Graziano um from JP Graziano's um for being on. Definitely uh you know, and thank you so much for having lunch with me today. I really appreciate it. Definitely make sure to check them out online. If you're on social media, JP Graziano, definitely drool over their sandwiches. Uh, TasteRealChicago.com, um, just like he mentioned, as well as also, obviously, if you're in Chicago, definitely go visit and have a sandwich for me and definitely take a selfie uh, either with Jim or if anything, have a selfie with the sandwich selfie for me and send it to me so I can drool um, for not having it. Um, if you want to support me, uh, definitely check, check out my brand, uh, Deli Fresh Threads, and do some shopping and tell your friends. Um, if you enjoyed the show, subscribe, you know, leave a review, share. Uh, by all means, um, we're growing, and, and, and I'm loving every minute of being able to hopefully inspire you. Um, thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion.